Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com, brought to you by MidFirst Bank. Go to MidFirst.com slash U40. That's MidFirst.com slash U40 to sign up for the OU Rewards credit card today. Well, the Sooners hit the road, heading to Manhattan, Kansas. We will be there with them. We're also going to go stop by Raytown, Missouri to see Dante Manning uh, this weekend. So looking forward to a big weekend out on the road again. The Eskridge Lexus podcast be coming at you this weekend. So make sure you subscribe to that and this podcast uh, if you're not to both. Uh, so welcome to the entire crew, Josh, Eddie, Bob, myself. Coming off of a, a big win against West Virginia, I'm actually watching it on my TV screen right now as we're doing the podcast because it's replaying. And uh, Josh, I guess we'll start with you like Eddie likes to do every week. Uh, just your thoughts on the West Virginia victory. The you know I was trying to think of something really original because obviously you guys know I listen to post game and I I thought you guys hit on a lot of good points. The thing that sticks well, out you. to me, the more I watched, I said something and I I, I was talking on the board with um, I think it was through the board chat and we were just talking about Trey Brown and the secondary and kind of how that all looks. Guys, I could make a case that in spite of Trey Brown over the last few weeks, kind of almost seeming like the weak link in that secondary he probably is playing better than he did last year. It's just the bar has been raised to such a level that it looks off. It looks like something's wrong. And I think Trey Brown's actually been pretty good. It's just he's the guy that teams seem to be going at. Well, yeah, and it's it's also kind of that thing like, it's almost like the turnover thing to me. It's like, okay, you can gripe about the turnovers, but you're getting it done. You can gripe about Trey Brown's penalties and being handsy and getting you know some PIs here and, and there. I am. It he is. <laughs> but yeah, at least like, the Title it, Nine investigation is not going to stem out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but he's getting the job done. I mean, you're still getting people off you know the field on third down. You're still you know forcing the other team to punt like. It's working. I mean, if, you're, if, you're getting handsy, but it's working. If nothing else, it's just uh, probably a sign of how far this group has come that you can even be critical Overcome of something stuff. like yeah. that. Or just know, like, the fans can – they've pointed out that what are the two things. Like, maybe they haven't been tested as much with uh, vertically with the deep ball, which they were a little bit by Kendall in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is the turnover thing. But if those are the two things that you have to bitch about, I think this thing's come a pretty long ways in what – Less than 365 days. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting not to believe about them being tested. I think it is just because they're draped on these guys now. Those throws aren't there. You can't just... The two throws that, that 
uh, Austin Kendall made back-to-back to Trey Brown really good throws. The yeah. one he made on the other side to Parnell Motley was a little underthrown, but Motley was right there. I mean, exactly. the, the, in other years, that receiver probably would have come back to the ball and jumped over Motley and made a catch, and you'd been like, but Motley was right there. And then Which other years, they might be beat by a step or two, so it looks like they're being tested deep because the quarterback knew he could complete the pass, where this year... They're kind of locked on them more, and it's an iffy, you know, 50-50 chance that quarterback doesn't want to make that throw. I do think, though, that it all comes back to, and we didn't see it that much, and we talked about it on the uh, postgame podcast on Saturday. It was just the fact that, you know, they really didn't show a whole lot versus West Virginia as far as getting after the quarterback. Weird. Uh, but I do think that a lot of what we've seen in Oklahoma's secondary and just the solid play overall stems from having something of a presence up front and putting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, but that was the thing that was encouraging about West Virginia. A lot of three-man rushes. I mean, Josh, you did the Monday morning idiot. I was surprised just sitting in the press box watching it real time how many three-man rushes that Alex Grinch put out there. And I mean, I don't know that he blitzed maybe more than twice in that entire game. Well, I thought you guys, another thing I was kind of talking about with the pod, I thought you hit the nail on the head. If you'd have told me they had that many tackles for loss, there's no way I would have believed you. Like was I, it I had nine? Seen, was that the final? Yeah. I, and it didn't feel that way. And that's not to say that the defense didn't feel like they had the better of things. They really did. I thought in a lot of ways that was one of their more dominant performances. But you, like you said, Kerry, there were a lot of three-man rushes. And I think that was kind of the adjustment they made. And I think that's something Alex Grinch, we haven't really talked a lot about. But how quickly they adapt to what offenses are throwing at them in those first 15 scripted plays or so. Because it's not just like, okay, they got a touchdown out of that first 15 scripted. It's, it, you saw those first two runs off the edge, and then Oklahoma kind of makes a change. And that you, you're just seeing them adapt really quickly. And I think that's because of the simplicity of that scheme. They can pretty easily, okay, we're going to change this a little bit. We're going to change our fit here. Like, it's not, okay, well, we move this guy or we change this alignment. We've got to change three other things. Like, it's just, it's very straightforward. So I think that's helped. And I, like I said, I think with, um, with what you see in that, that defensive group, they just made a decision. Like, Austin Kendall was, you know, doing those quick snaps. They break the huddle, quick snap, and then a quick throw. I don't care who you are. I don't care if your defensive line's got Reggie White on it. You're not getting to the the quarterback. So they just decided we're going to drop, we're going to play coverage because three or five or however many we bring, they're not getting home anyway. You know, it's funny that you say that, Josh. I was uh, driving home last night from post-practice interviews, and it just so happens that for about – I usually catch like the first 20 minutes of – because I Chick-fil-A Tuesday, so I obviously have to stop at Chick-fil-A in Norman because there isn't one in – downtown Oklahoma City that I would like to go to. That was a sidebar. But I'm driving home, so I have to I listen to the the first part of the Lincoln Riley show with Toby Rowland. And he brought up that exact point just as far as West Virginia he thought Toby was basically saying that Oklahoma has been very good this year at adjusting on the fly to what or to what opposition uh yeah, opposing team, yeah. offenses are doing. And I really hadn't thought about it, but the, a perfect example is how that West Virginia, West Virginia game started. Just what you said as far as they basically ran the same two plays on the first two plays of the game, one one direction, yeah. one the other way. And, you know, I, I thought it was kind of interesting the way that Lincoln Riley answered the question just as far as there's a belief in what they're doing. There's an understanding of what they're doing. And what stuck out to me was he said something, to, and I, 
I don't want to misquote him, but it was something to the effect of basically they're not reinventing the defense every week. And so, you know, through a progression of seven, eight weeks, they know exactly what they have to do when, when they see something and there's, there's an answer for it or there's a counter for it. And, you know, I don't think that that was necessarily a shot at Mike Stoops, but I did think it was pretty telling as far as there's a system in place. They believe in it. It's something that we've talked about almost every week as far as Alex Grinch's belief in what they're doing defensively. And, you know, I, I think we're starting to see the product of it as far as a much more comfortable group uh, out there and somebody that a group that can, when something's thrown at them, can they have answers for it, basically. I, I don't want to dissect everything that, you know, has gone into the changes. Uh, it's been a lot. I don't want to get into another war with the board over... Of course you don't, Terry. What, what, uh, <laughs> That's like saying... When, uh, why do you mention that you don't want to get in a war with the board if you always don't want to get in a war with the board? That's like saying no offense and then saying something very, very, very offensive. No, but, <laughs> yeah, with all due respect, Mr. Dennett, yeah. you know. Uh, no, but I mean... There's, you, there's obvious you changes, can, though. You can dissect different aspects that have made this defense better. Yes, I'm going to say it now, loud and clear. So you can hear it in the back! Scheme has mattered. And switching to a one gap has been great for Neville Gallimore. It's been great for Ronnie Perkins. We need to edit in some applause right there as well. Now, there we go. Is so, that Linda or is that your that's hands? That's been part of it. And, and like, I never said Eddie, it wasn't part of it. we don't know where our hands starting in. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Working hands. And I never said that that didn't matter. I just said it, it wasn't the end-all, be-all. But it's also been the fact that more guys are playing, there's more guys that are confident, more guys are being developed, uh, and also communication. Yeah. I mean, which was a, to me, as big if not bigger part than the gap scheme up front when you had two or three guys that were looking to the sideline with their hands raised like, what the hell am I doing on this play? Like, you don't have that anymore. Everybody looks down at their wristband, they know what they're doing, and then they, they play. I think that kind of goes into not changing things every weekend. Like right, they, exactly. they know exactly what they're doing. Uh, it's just, it's refreshing in a way, but it's also kind of maddening because it's like, gosh, this, they've been, I don't want to say they've been better than what I thought they could be or even possibly thought they had the ceiling to be. And I still don't think that they've played. I, I guess Texas is probably like the, is that the, the top level of how good they can play? especially getting after the quarterback and yeah. things like that. I mean, by the way, Texas's offensive line was named the midseason Joe Mort Award. Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> Oklahoma like should honorary. send the trophy back. Yes. Bill Beatenbush should just be like, we don't no, want this they anymore. Don't, they, just, they just need to pay attention. Like, what are you watching out there? By the way, I'm, I'm not a, their uh, I will offensive s- line coach. Do they not get? I will draw the line. I'm drawing the line in the sand. If you go on the board and you say that Kerry Murdoch still says scheme doesn't matter, you're banned. I am banning you for a month, all right? And there'll be people that take me up on that just because we, Josh knows us, we have habitual line crossers. Yes. <laughs> Sounds like something they would do in Turkey, a dictator would do. <laughs> just call me Kerdagon. <laughs> you said it. That's what we're calling you from now on. Uh, carry to gone. I mean, have, have, as a whole, would you say, and I think that we can say that now that it's we're more than halfway through this thing, have they been better defensively? Like, I've been almost surprised how good they've been at some points as far as, 
Like, you almost would rather see them out on the field be like, they can get some stops. You know what gives me pause, though, is because I remember what happened the last time we went to Manhattan. And I remember sitting there at halftime thinking, this season's f- They're going to lose this game. Like, they played terrible. And, and it, in the first half. In the first half. That's what I said, at halftime. Like, I was like, who? what is this team? Who are yeah. these people? Where did, where did that OU team go that we've been watching you know, for all the all this time, I think it's a it's a tougher spot. That it's probably one of the more tough spots to go win a road game in the Big Twelve. I would I would say just for the fact that their fans get rowdy. Yeah, it's a it's a good game day atmosphere. Uh, they've scored at least forty in their last four trips there. I I'm not buying it. I really I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, well, I'm just saying no. I'm I'm just saying that was the oh, they're definition. Twenty four point favorite this weekend. <laughs> that was the definition of a left a letdown the last time sure. you saw it. But now they got their heads out of their asses at halftime, and it's like, you know, they won that game fifty five nothing four years ago when they sat in the airport forever. Yeah. Uh, but mm. like two years ago, that was a perfectly fine team. They really hadn't shown anything. Like Rodney Anderson was not a star at that point. Uh, Marquise, uh, Marquise Brown, Brown was not, not a star. star at that point. Both those guys emerged in that game. Yeah, that was also a. Uh, that was like this. That was, I think, probably one of the uh, the bullet points in the. Uh, if you were going over like a Mike Stoops uh, eulogy, these people are crazy. Please remember the kid that. Cannonball. Remember the kid that uh, flipped me off. Oh yeah, the little like kid. Eight years ago. Didn't you say you saw him? <laughs> no, recently? he followed me on Twitter. Little bastard. <laughs> Did you say anything to him? Uh, well, bastard. I tweeted out something to the effect of, it was like. You know, throwback Thursday or something like I'll never forget this kid. Yeah, if it's and going bad for that, you, that guy was like, "That's me," and I was like, "You're kind of my hero, kid." If it's going bad, Casey for Anthony would have kept you around for a little bit. <laughs> you tell him horns, horns hear up for peace. Yeah, probably. You don't want to hear this a whole lot. I don't know. For some reason, I kind of like K State. I do like K State. I like this. I like the Wabash Cannonball. I like Those all people, the people up at K State. It is. It is the greatest collection of white people bad dancing at once when the Wabash Cannonball plays. Kansas State's kind of like the Mormon brother of the Big 12. There's never been much diversity in Manhattan, Kansas. Well, I think that's just Kansas as a whole. Yeah. I guess Jordan Phillips it would argue. It is really weird. Until you get to Kansas City, I guess. That you do hit like or this Adidas line. Or Adidas-sponsored Lawrence. <laughs> you do hit this line where like the black people just disappear. Is this racist? No, this so, is I don't want to. I just wanted that true, to be as awkward racist. as possible. And it was. Uh, no, it. it I do. I, I like the trips to Manhattan, though. I, I don't think Pete Hughes will be welcoming in uh, the Oklahoma contingent, though. If he survives the game. Well, that's true too. I guess in a way. <laughs> that's 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 crossing the line. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I mean, look, they are four and two. They're a capable team, and they're gonna. I think the one thing that Oklahoma has going for for them in this game is every team that they play, and this is what Kansas State's gonna do. They're gonna try and slow it down. I have called Kansas State the Shonies of the Big Twelve because even though they have new management, they're still old. Like I don't know how you feel about that, Eddie. You were calling for Bill Snyder's head, but they're still oh, they, they still. They still They'd play. They'd be three and three if Bill Snyder was that coach because they definitely would have gone down Starkville and resemble not, like a Lubies or a Fur. It is or kind a of funny Shoney's. that uh, they've made all these changes and you you watch what they've what they're doing offensively and it looks very similar yeah. to what 
But I think that's kind of how why K State needs to Clyden, play. Yeah. yeah, it's like it, that's kind of their their identity. Well, they're just never going to have the athletes that man for man are going to go beat Oklahoma and Texas. They're sure. going to have to be a little deceptive. They're going to have to be creative in the way they do things. And like Kerry said, they're going to have to shorten the game as much as possible so that they're not facing Oklahoma for 85 snaps because they're just not going to hold up under that. Which is what Texas has tried to do, which is what West Virginia tried to do. Uh, I would say Kansas kind of tried to do that a little bit. So I mean, everybody's tried to shorten the game against Oklahoma. The problem is... You have to stop Oklahoma from having two and three play drives of their own, which nobody's really been able to do, except for Texas. You know, I was gonna like I was gonna make this argument that Oklahoma's offensive line and and they I think that they did in that Texas game when they needed to be able to run the ball, they were able to put it away. But rather than having, you know, eight plays or going on like a New England Patriots sixteen play drive. Huh. It was it was just the two runs. It was the forty two yarder and then the thir- the twenty nine yarder by yeah. Ramondre, and all of a sudden to they were at the, the yeah. five yard line. But I, I think that that will all come. I thought that yeah, they know, did we, have that. They we, did have that drive against Texas. We too. can get into the offensive line. That's here the only in a time bit, they've needed it too. Yeah, no, that is true. That's true. I mean, that's something. But they know. were. I guess in a way, they were still able to do that. Yep. Uh, you know, I I thought it was funny talking to Bill Beatembo yesterday. I for some reason I just get the feeling that he really like genuinely enjoys this group of offensive linemen like it almost gives off a feel that in the long-term scheme of things he thinks that this group could be a lot better than that other the last group ever thought about being and that's almost just shocking in a way that's kind of knowing how good that they were based on recruiting this group should be better than everyone who just came before them I mean, look, Marquise Hayes has a chance to be a star. I mean, he has a chance to be included right up there with Ben Powers and, and, and Cody Ford, I think, is just interior maulers. Um, even though Cody Ford made his name as a tackle, you know, his final year. But I, it's just a, it's a different team with a different personality. Like, I was talking to Creed Humphrey yesterday, and I said, so who's the most talkative one? He's like, everybody. Like, they all talk smack. Like, whereas Ben Powers... You knew he was just kind of he. I, that's why I called him the accountant. He was just silent, and you thought maybe he murdered people on the side. You just didn't know. He, but he had, he had a different type of temperament. But these guys, I don't. They really. I mean, they buy into the. I mean, like Creed said yesterday, uh, someone said, "Do you celebrate blocks as much as you do touchdowns?" And he said, "Yeah, when we stick a guy's face in the dirt, or, or Tyrese does, or Marquise does, I celebrate it just like CD does scoring a touchdown." They got a, I don't even know if it's a mean streak. It's just like a, I think when you're as good as they are, like in a way it's kind of cocky the way that they talk about wanting to improve offensively. And you look at like the numbers and it's like, you're averaging over a first down of play. Yeah. Like how it's almost kind of bordering on fig jam as far as like, you're so good right now. And I, I joked about it with CD yesterday. I was like, so is the perfect offensive uh, game for OU right now, eight one-play 80-yard plays that go for touchdowns. Because, I mean, what what is the next step for these guys offensively? And I know, I, I get what they're talking about. Uh, even Bill Beatenbo said it yesterday, just as far as like, I know we're good, but I want to be historically great, is basically what he was saying. They're good, but they're, they're still so young, you know that they haven't reached their potential. Which is, it's ridiculous to think about. Here's how good they are. 
they're so good that it doesn't matter that Eric Swenson is not a dominant left tackle. Like, it's just... It, and maybe some of that is because Jalen Hurts runs before he ever has a chance to really stay in the pocket for too long. I think that's covered up some of that too. But, I mean, let's say Eric Swenson's a nice player, but he yeah. is not a great left tackle. No, he, I, I, you I wouldn't mention him with the other guys. No, like, I, I they certainly... They all feel like NFL guys. Right. I don't think that... Uh, and I love Eric Swenson, but... You do? Basically because he follows me on Twitter, but... <laughs> That's all I don't think anybody's saying that he's going to be the next uh, Orlando Pace or something like that, you know. Unfollowed. But Carrie, that, that, Unfollowed that's, probably. He might be. That's Next a great point, though. Like, it hasn't even come up this year that Eric Swenson is problematic or they're going to get attacked there or whatever. And don't get me wrong. They're, they're going to face better pass rushers if they get into the playoffs. Like, that day can come. But – it, they've been so dominant, and those – I mean, and I don't want to make it sound like it's for and him because Swenson's played well enough to – I mean, he's played respectively. There's no problem with what he's doing. Sure. But those other four, you know, and, you know, we talked about it some in the preseason. I, those guys were more highly recruited, more talented than their predecessors, other than obviously Creed, who is the, you know, the overlap. But there are – there, there was going to be growing pains. And like I said, Adrian Ely and Marquise Hayes, those guys are just touching what they can be. I mean, like th- those guys are potential first-round picks if they can put it all together. It's yeah, just, I wouldn't want to see the number two for Ohio State lined up against Swenson. Ooh. You don't want to see number two lined up against any. <laughs> no, that dude is no. a mo- he, He's a mutant. He's from some other place. He does look kind of like a – he looks like a weird predator seedy lamb. I don't know what yeah. that whole thing is. He's, he's like C.D. Lamb if C.D. Lamb swallowed C.D. Lamb. <laughs> yeah, that would not be good for Eric Swenson. You'd have to pr- pretty much spend your whole day rolling rolling Jalen Hurts away from him, although they've got other guys. They might get there at some point. Yeah. Could be a uh, possible playoff matchup. Let's if, just, if I mean, just give there. us Alabama-Oklahoma first before that happens. Got, if that has guys to be the could you make a case at this point in the year that Ohio State and Oklahoma are the two most balanced teams in the country? You absolutely could. Yes. I think they are. That's crazy to think and about. I think, it depends. I think am I on ESPN or am yeah, I on Fox? Exactly. <laughs> like it's it's not even like it's driving me insane that no one is even critically looking at Alabama and Clemson this year. It's just some people are. I mean, like I think uh, Joe JoJo is definitely Clemson's there no matter what. They won it last year. JoJo drives me insane. Where Jesse Palmer actually is like, well, you know, they they don't look that good. Like they they're not as they don't look sharp. And and Ohio State looks but like somehow Ohio State has gotten put in that category of okay, they're really good on both sides of the ball, but OU hasn't been put in that category yet. I'm still in this just ultimate surprise place of not really surprise place, but it just it's I've become so numb to it that you would think that some of these SEC schools, like week in and week out, are just these mammoth programs. <laughs> when in reality, like they're all, Missouri got beat by Vanderbilt Vanderbilt's this yeah. weekend, yeah, past weekend, and they like, were Mississippi the State is a bad football program. Yeah, uh, Ole Miss is terrible. Arkansas is awful. awful. Tennessee is dog shit. Yeah, like. I guess I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm missing. Like I think that it's so Alabama is that, obviously good. I think LSU's pretty damn good. Georgia's 
decent, I think. They have some questions Georgia's offensively. Decent. That's all I you mean, can say about them, yeah. They beat a not a very good Kentucky team in the second half. It was tied at halftime. Neither team had scored. Like, don't tell me that that's just SEC defenses. Kirby Smart is less mile, less milesing that Georgia program. Like, LSU less miles. It's kind of weird what happened to, has happened to Jake Fromm this year. I, I guess he's still having a decent I mean, year. He's I don't, a not good he's quarterback, bad. man. They they are not. I don't know if they're trying to be too, uh, you know, play action, too eye formation, too tailback centric, or maybe they just don't have the receivers. I mean, they did lose out on Jaden Hazelwood. Yeah, I I guess just, just at the end of the day, it, it feels differently for OU just because they are so much more complete than they have been in years past. Well, Kirby left just before Nick made the changes at Alabama, so he's not up on that part of things. Right, he's like, yeah. We still run power and <laughs> I-formation. That's all we do here. So, uh, you know, I like I said, Jake Fromm is a good player. He is the definition of a game manager. I mean, that that's what – he's not going to do things that beat you. He's not going to kill you, except for the South Carolina game. Had some bad moments there. But, I mean, generally speaking, he's a guy that's going to put you in good positions if there's guys around him who can make the plays that win games. And – I would, I would love to see what Lincoln Riley could do with Jake Fromm. I would love to see what he would do with Jake Fromm. I would love to see what Jake uh, Lincoln Riley could do with Jake Sills. Like <laughs> Lincoln Riley, could, I, I'm no, now that's too far, Josh. That's why don't you just go Patrick Fletcher while you're at it, and we'll just call oh, it a day. Come on, he Fletcher Fletcher would have won a Big Twelve Player of the Year under under Lincoln Riley. I feel pretty confident. Oh my I, God. I I'm. I, I really I had some doubt about Jalen Hurts and don't get me wrong like he's not perfect there's still but the way Lincoln Riley designs an offense to fit that quarterback I, what what's the riddle he can't solve like what's what's the guy that you're like nope that's just too far I mean I I, I don't know who that guy is I mean it, it's the guy that didn't start for his JV team in middle school and and that answer to Barry's question I know we were trying to get into Jalen Hurts personality. But Lincoln gave a great answer in terms of Jalen Hurts, the player, and how comfortable he feels. And now, yeah. I mean, we're heading into the second half of the season, and it's clear those two are on the same page every single time now. Um, I was really disappointed in Lincoln Riley during his press conference Monday. He clearly does not stand with abstinence before marriage. His analogy about <laughs> you move in your red-shirting and freshmen and... House, you know, when you're dating a girl, it's a lot different when you finally move in together. I thought it was just interesting that Jason Kersey agreed with him. I'm more worried about the Kersey household than I am about the <laughs> Riley household. <sighs> I don't. I think Kersey was living in sin before he got married. You know, there was Same. it was Josh was living in sin before I he think, got married. Oh, oh, he did. He did say that he was. I've, I've I was living in sin, but I had her dog. The dog was with oh. me. That might be worse than, than <laughs> the other. I say, Bob, that took a turn. Um, <laughs> you didn't live in sin, but the dog was with you. Her dog, was, like you shared a dog, or you got when, the dog was yours? and It, it was her dog, and uh -huh. when we got engaged, then the dog came and lived with me. But she didn't live with you. Correct. I bet there was a, I bet there was a camera on top of the dog. <laughs> you were being watched the entire yeah. time. You're lucky you ended up, she ended up following through marriage because obviously you passed the test. When before we were going to get married, we had to do the marriage counseling with the, right. the guy that was a pastor. You know, yep. everybody has to do it. 
And so as we're talking with him, he his he's like, so do you guys, you know, do you live separately? Do you live together? We're like, we live together. And he's like, well, okay. And you can see like his whole body like <laughs> tighten up. Isn't that and he's special? Like, and he's like, well, you know, until the wedding, maybe, you know, Josh, you could sleep on the couch or something. And I'm like, I just stare at him. I'm like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> like, like, that's my bed. She moved into my house. If she wants to sleep on the damn couch, that's her call, but I'm not doing it. And Tiffany's like, Tiffany is one of those, like, I'll be confrontational. I have no problem with it. Tiffany is super nice and like, doesn't want to rock the boat ever. And she's like, well, that's an interesting idea. And I'm like, and I'm like, what are you? Okay. You sleep on that damn couch. Like it, it was a really awkward, like 15 seconds with, uh, with our pastor at that point who <laughs> like the worst part was like, I went to high school with his daughter and I didn't know that I went to high school with his daughter. And he was like, yeah, you know, you, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I, and like I tried to pretend, but it was clear I didn't remember her at all, and he pretty much hated my ass from then on. So yeah, I'm, I'm that, was... that way. I've got to break out my yearbook to see what people look like in high school. I can't just put a name out there sometimes with high school people. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I mean, I guess that makes me the asshole. I don't know, but it, I, I, I was like, yeah, because he said something, and he was like, oh yeah, I mean, you know her. She went to Putnam West, and I was like, oh, what years? And he was like, she graduated with you. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh crap. Mm. Wow, that's bad. So, that's never good. Yep, yep. Uh, you know what is good? Mid-First Bank. Uh, and you can go and sign up for the uh, OU. It's their ex- the exclusive provider, the OU credit card. Go to midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. You can apply today for the OU Rewards credit card. Uh, there's all kinds of great stuff that goes along with this because every time you register for you register or you spend uh, on your OU credit card, you get a ch- you register for a chance to win the ultimate game day experience. Every qualifying purchase made with your OU Rewards credit card earns you a chance to win the ultimate game day experience with VIP tickets to a football or basketball game plus five hundred bucks. So you also enjoy zero percent APR for the first twelve months. And I know. You, you always want to show that OU fandom. Maybe it's not always proper to uh, just be head-to-toe in OU gear if you think that it is okay to be uh, in OU you know, gear head-to-toe. You probably don't like us or this podcast. I'm just going gonna, gonna to guess that. But if you want to whip out that credit card, hey, here's my OU credit card. You can always show people uh, your uh, OU pride. So go to midfirst.com slash u 40 and sign up today. Apply for that uh, OU Rewards credit card from MidFirst Bank. We appreciate them being the title sponsor of the Unofficial 40 podcast, as always. So, uh, the schedule for 2020 came out yesterday, guys. There's already a problem. There's a major problem. <laughs> I don't know if I have... Uh, yeah, I guess I did tell you guys this this morning. So, I get a call this morning. The biggest thing is that... The biggest thing you notice about the, the schedule coming out, B- Bedlam is in October. That whole month of October is The entire month of October is insane. But here's the problem. I have a niece. She's getting married. We've had had discussions over the summer. I feel like I'm partially at fault here, too. You never never thought. Because she said, when is Bedlam? Like, that was what she was mainly concerned with. Like, we don't want to schedule the wedding during Bedlam because it's going to be a Norman that year. And it would be a bad... Not only... You know, is it tough for people to get there and travel? And uh, the hotels are all going to be booked in Norman. So um, the schedule comes. And I say, well, it's always, you know, the last game. It's always in Norman. 
Like, it wouldn't be. And sure as shit, the schedule comes out. Was it October 24th? Mm-hmm. Bedlam. The week she had, the the weekend she had already decided was going to be her wedding. Yeah. Her thankfully her mom had already booked hotels, and she reconfirmed today. And she has like a block of sixty. So crisis averted. Do you feel people will skip out on the wedding to go to Bedlam? I am not here nor there. <laughs> um, her stepfather has has made me an example to say if Carrie can be here, <laughs> you can be here. I will not be at Bedlam. There, that's one thing I do know for sure. You guys will be handling Bedlam weekend. Where is your dedication to the site, Gary? <laughs> Don't get married during football season. Well, she's it's marrying a guy from Boston. She went to UMass, so he doesn't care about college bas- or college football. He's a big John Calipari guy. Plus, he went to UMass. I mean, come on. You think those people really give a crap about college people football? People love Minutemen football. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> I think they're they were they're terrible this year. They've been terrible for a while. Yeah, they're worse than UConn, which is saying something with Randy Edsel going off oh. about the young. Him and, F- and Fitzgerald, they need to get together. And Gundy, Gundy, star- Gundy can be UMass right is there having with him. a good year. They're one and six. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. They got beat by twenty-seven by Rutgers. Oh my god! Oh god! First Is there anything season. more? Who did they beat? Uh, they beat Stony Brook, Akron. No, really? Is Akron that bad? Uh, no. Akron had a bad day. Interesting. Okay. I think Akron was favored in that game too. It was Baker's you probably first had game. money on it. No, I'm not playing Akron UMass. When I do, that's the that's when we need to make some fun. That's rock bottom. Intervention Eddie time. Hits the FCS parlay circuit. <laughs> if there was value, there would be. I would. Sam Houston State's covered their last six games. It's been amazing. Noted. Okay, so <laughs> the schedule stands out. But, Bob, let's start with you. Just what was the most surprising? You've got, uh, obviously, the October thing that you mentioned earlier, but you've also got the bye week situation. Yeah, they have a bye week after Tennessee, and then they go to Army in nine straight conference games. That's ten weeks in a row without a break. I mean, that seems pretty crazy that they couldn't have put it a little later in the season or – First of all, there is no second bye week because the, the season is starting Starts a late, yeah. week later. So that takes away that. But the fact that, I mean, they play Missouri State and Tennessee. And I don't know how beat up they'll really be at that point. But then, you know, this whole Grinch got to find a top 22. That's going to come into play when you're playing 10 straight weeks in a row. It is. I mean, and the, the other thing about it is like, I, I guess the Big 12 is like, well, if we do it this way, we're going to assure that you know teams have space between the regular season and the Big 12 title game. And if Oklahoma, if that's why they keeps did it, doing it like keeps winning it, maybe we prevent that from happening. It's like it's almost like you, but then Texas, no, it's Oklahoma almost State like played to be the a, last. Game. It's almost like a prerequisite that you have to be an imbecile to work in the league offices. And it just feels that November schedule. I know a lot of people give me grief on Twitter saying Kansas State, Texas Tech will be better. That's a terrible last month when you're trying to, if you're fighting for a playoff spot, building and, momentum. And those are the teams yeah. you're playing nationally. No one's going to care that you're beating those teams at that time. 
unless they're ranked in the top ten, which they're not going to be that good. I mean, they're not they're not good enough to be those type of teams. People say that about Texas A and M; they get ranked every year somehow. Yeah, but, but not by November. By November, yeah. the shine is finally off. Not by the end of October. Shoot, what are you talking about now? I mean, good lord! I look. It, it's you can't just keep fighting and saying the same thing every year about the schedule sucks, the Big Twelve sucks. We're reminded of that every time one of these schedules comes out, and Nebraska and Missouri and Colorado aren't on, and Texas A and M. Like you're reminded that there's teams missing here that you used to enjoy watching. You know, it's funny. Dan Orlovsky brought up a good point, and I think he's on the OU broadcast this week uh, on ABC just as far as, like, at what point in the season do we start saying that, you know, X team hasn't played anybody or mm-hmm. every team that, you know, whoever has played is shitty? It's like, we basically, nowadays, if it's not a top five matchup, it's like, oh, that team sucks. Even if a team's in the top 25, it's like, well, they suck. I still think Clemson won't play anybody. <laughs> No, that's that's the thing. It's like there are just a bunch of shitty college football teams out there. Well, I think that, Minnesota I think, being undefeated is a pretty good example of that. No, exactly. I think the problem is you got you've got five or six teams that are just so clearly better, better than everybody else. They're just everybody great else. programs, yeah, exactly. And until they run into each other, it feels like they're not playing anybody. But those teams are good. They're just not on the level of Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Bama, and. Who am I leaving out? Um, well, Wisconsin took themselves Clemson. out of it. Clemson, yeah. yeah. And Wisconsin, I thought Wisconsin was in that conversation, but clearly we were wrong about that. But Lovey Smith, God, that guy could lead me into battle any day with that beard. <laughs> I I mean, but the NCAA, they historically have tried to make adjustments because this tends to happen historically, uh, you know, where you get... Uh, there's a reason that there's only 85 scholarships now because... Teams were loaded up, and and too many teams were getting all the players, and they's like, well, let's limit the scholarships, and that way the parity will come back to the league. And then it came back, and now it's there's no parity anymore. I mean, it's back to being overweighted, like you said, to to five or six teams. I'm just as guilty as this. Like I, Baylor's seven and zero, and I don't I don't think that you put Baylor and Oklahoma on the same field tomorrow at a neutral site. Like I think OU's a seventeen point favorite. Yeah. I don't. I don't disagree, and I'm kind of the resident Baylor guy in this podcast. Like I, I get it. But I mean, I what mean, did Oklahoma State have four turnovers last weekend? Three, three. Uh, you know, I Oklahoma they, is just at least at least ahead above anybody else, and head and shoulders above anybody not named Texas. Who and needed fifty to beat Kansas. But here's the thing: I, yeah. you know, and is a one point favorite in Fort Worth this week. <laughs> here's That's what's. A, Go ahead. Sorry. What, what What's interesting to me is you had Alabama and Clemson clearly had been the best two teams the last couple of years. And I think maybe both of them have taken a little step back, but it's like people don't react to it. They don't watch it intently or close enough to actually sit there and say, you know, maybe these, these teams don't look as good as they have the last couple. Like there's no question Alabama – is not as good defensively because they're young. Not because they don't have talent, but they're young. They're inexperienced. They're just not quite what they've been. They don't have, you know, just just they don't have Quinn and Williamses. They don't have uh, who is is the safety, Um, um, the really good one. Oh, from last year? uh, mm, The kid from the Golden Triangle. uh, Damn, what's his name? It wasn't Thompson, was it? 
Yeah, Josh Thompson. Josh uh, Thompson. Not Josh Deontay. Deontay Thompson. Deontay Thompson. That's it. Yep. Or Kirk Patrick. Like th- those guys are in their program. They just haven't become those guys yet. So it's like you know maybe it's maybe it's okay to question whether Alabama is kind of having a little bit of a down year, or maybe it's okay to question if Clemson, uh, Trevor Lawrence is kind kind of having a sophomore slump. I haven't watched one second of a Bama of a Bama game yet. They just don't interest me. I watch a little bit of uh, TNT or TNT t- uh, Tennessee. I'm watching TV. Carrie, uh, care attention. to weigh in on um, Jeremy Pruitt and his uh, oh, you know, ever growing fan base? That is just. I'm not. Look, you get. I don't disagree. What Jimbo Fisher did was so much worse. I mean, was that just last year? He, I mean, he grabbed the guy's face mask and like you know, ragdolled him. Like Jeremy Pruitt just kind of, you know, tugged on the bottom of his face mask. And what was, I don't know if you saw the replay on that, Josh, but like they showed what would happen if he handed the ball off to the, the Jordan Rogers did a great job on that. on Twitter. They showed what would happen if he handed off the, like he would have walked into the end zone. Instead, he just decided he was going to quarterback sneak it on his own. That's why Jeremy Pruitt was pissed. It would have been what, like a, 21-20 game or something 28, like that? 28-20 with seven minutes left or so. Yeah, so they only got beat by 15 instead of 20. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Guys, I can remember being in freaking middle school and had a coach holding the my face mask and hitting me over my helmet with his whistle. Like, Yeah, that was the thing back in the day. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a big deal to anyone that's played it, and I don't want to be the, oh, you know, you know, you people didn't play football. Like, it's just, that's part of it. It's not... It, it, Guarantano doesn't seem to have an issue with it. Like, let it go. Like, it, it, everybody's just looking for something to be pissed off about. And if Tennessee fans or whoever want to be pissed, be pissed your head coach is Jeremy Pruitt, not his actions during the game. Yeah, the thing they're mad about is is because their football program's awful. They're not. They're not actually mad at Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, they're they're hoping it's cause for a fire. Yes, sure. that's what they're hoping yeah. for more than anything. And you know, it's another so they program have another... being uh, held hostage by an old Philip Fulmer. Fulmer. I wouldn't let he... Philip Fulmer decide where to eat dinner tonight, let alone a decision for a football program. Oh, I don't know. I bet Phil Fulmer's got some good opinions on food. He probably knows who has good mashed potatoes. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to go. Maybe I'm good prime rib. On that. He'll probably get you a good baked potato somewhere. Somebody needs to handcuff that man. <laughs> But as far as running your athletic department and or college football program, yes, Philip Fulmer is not my option. Salad bar, absolutely. You know, I, we talked about it a few weeks ago, and that brings up a good point. Like, we were talking about how Oklahoma's quarterbacks have blinded us to what it usually looks like when you're breaking in a new quarterback. You know, we are talking about Spencer Sanders at the time. Same deal. Like, OU fans don't understand how good they have it with Joe Castiglione because you don't deal with shit like this. Like, there's not just chaos going on inside your program all the time because you have an athletic director who knows what he's doing, he's respected, and he handles things in in a certain manner rather than, like, these guys that are ex-football coaches or that have no idea about administration. They don't know how that stuff works, and so they do things in stupid ways. And they end up looking dumb for it. So, I, like I said, it's one of those things where it's just such a golden era for OU fans. I hope sometimes they appreciate how smoothly this all runs sometimes. 
Yeah, you need to appreciate what you got, youngins. You haven't had an old man Josh in a long time, <laughs> damn it. 11 a.m. kickoff, Mr. McQuiston. Hey, that's not on him. And, you know, we I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Congrats to Joe Castiglione for just, like, laying it out there and be like, we don't like it either. Like, instead of just kind of being the silent party, which I'm, I'm not saying he was, but that's how it's going to appear to OU fans. And good for him for not, you know, being part of that. Looks like he wants to schedule a home and home with Florida, too. That would be amazing. I, I'd love I will, to go to the Swamp. I, I would be at the Swamp. If they play that game, I will go to that game. Just like you went to UCLA this year? UCLA sucks. <laughs> I, what I mean, it was going to be tough to find a ticket. I'll grant that, but still. By the way, I will say uh, we are going to bring back uh, this year. I just uh, spoke with Dari Noka this morning. We're going to bring back uh, tickets for uh, Hayden's Hope to benefit Hayden's Hope. So keep an eye out for that. We've done that every year, I think, the past three years. So we still got a few things to finalize. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, 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 if you don't know about Hayden's Hope, just go look up Soonerscoop.com, Hayden's Hope, H-A-Y-D-E-N. And uh, we've written about it in the past, but it's a, a great charity for uh, families that are waiting uh, life-saving organ transplants for infants uh, and, and their children. It, it really helps take care of some of their expenses. So keep an eye out for that on Soonerscoop.com. All right, uh, also want to remind you guys, the SeatGeek app, uh, SeatGeek, a big part of the site. Uh, go download the SeatGeek app on your phone because uh, they have great ticket deals uh, for home and away games. Like, it, And it saves you a lot of the trouble of just kind of looking for uh, you know, trying to figure out if you're getting a uh, reputable person on the outside, uh, you can download the app. You can get the seat sent to, right to your phone, the barcode, uh, scan them in at the gate, and uh, they actually uh, they aggregate tickets from uh, millions of different sources, and they put a grade on them of one to ten. Uh, we've all used the app. Uh, I know Josh is. You're probably going to get some. Uh, are you going to get some World Series tickets? Maybe through SeatGeek. I am in debate. I it's it is if they won the first game, maybe. Yeah, that would have helped a little bit. Garrett Cole kind of that that was not the way I was thinking that series was going to start. Better go tonight. It's not going to come back to Houston after tonight. Wow, oh. wow, it's like that. I have you looked to see? I mean, I don't I don't even know how much they're going for. I can't believe it's cheap. Yeah, because I got to think I saw... like it used to be like Houston was just like the fun loving. It was something to do for the folk. Now I got to imagine there's a lot of hardcore. Astros fans in Houston that are driving the price up a little bit. Oh, uh, Tiffany, I talk about that all the time. How torn we are because once upon a time we and and we did. I mean, no no shameless plug here, but we used to use SeatGeek and we'd go on find like nice uh, tickets in the second deck. You know where there's kind of like it's more private. There's they've got people that'll come. You know, take your orders at your seat and stuff. It's a really nice setup, and you could get those tickets for like thirty bucks a pop. You know, five six years ago. Now those same tickets uh, for this game probably fifteen hundred dollars. I mean, it's just a very different animal. So you know, but obviously back then there the playoffs were a foreign entity. So uh, no, it, but like I said, I mean the thing I love about it is I can kind of search around the stadium, like you always talk about, Kerry. You can find the right deal, find the you know. But I think standing room only right now for the Astros and you see Geek I think has the cheapest I've seen. Is it like six fifteen? I mean, like it's it's obscene. But it's still cheaper than you're going to find anywhere else because it's the it's the friggin' World Series. It, that stadium's got to get pretty 
it's going to be a pretty cool place to watch. I mean, it can't. It's got to be super loud the way that thing's built. It really is. I mean, and it's amazing. You know, with it's the obviously the stadium I spent the most time in that actually has that retractable, you know, um, roof. And so, you know, you get a. It's it's not like a lot of the others where you can tell the the grass doesn't get a lot of sun and you know the the of a dome type scenario. It's beautiful setup. Now that they've taken the hill out, it looks like an actual stadium. Like I, I, I the hill made me crazy, but um, but no, <laughs> it's it's a great place to watch a game. I've even sat, you know, with one time with some friends from out of town. We were way up in the upper deck. It's a great seat. I mean, it's it's a it's a stadium where they didn't try to do too much. Like it, it, everywhere in there is a good sight line. You don't have the old, you know, uh, big cement post in your eyesight. It's it's just a great place to watch a game. I, I really enjoyed it, and I've sat. I've probably been to thirty Astros games since I've lived here, and I've sat all over that stadium. And there, it's it's just a lot of good places to watch a game. Well, you don't have to pay fifteen hundred bucks for a ticket. You can just go to a concert, whatever. Do it through the SeatGeek app, and uh, they'll even give you ten dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just type in the promo code Scoop. Uh, that Scoop S C O O P for ten dollars off your first purchase uh, with the promo code Scoop uh, with the SeatGeek app. All right, guys, uh, going to Manhattan, we're going to take a little bit of a detour, go to Raytown, Missouri, go see Dante Manning, and uh, Josh, I know there's been maybe, I don't know, is this the the most excitement uh, that that you've seen surrounding Dante Manning? He gave an interview to a, a, a independent website called Dog Nation, or is it not Dog, independent? Dog Nation is affiliated with the Atlanta Journal. Oh, AJC, okay. Yes. So... Uh, gave an interview with them and spoke very positively about Oklahoma. Yeah, it, you know, and I've been talking, um, you know, through Oklahoma and, you know, some of the scoops over the last few weeks. There has been a clear indication to us that things were starting to turn around between OU and Manning. It was start. I, Bob, I mean, you could speak to this too. Six weeks ago, it felt like OU and Manning were just about dead. Like, I mean, yep. it, it, it was. It wasn't that OU wasn't trying. It just didn't feel like it was going anywhere. And now I I, I hear very different things. There, there's a lot more communication again. I mean, I don't, I don't, that's probably not the way I want to say that. I, I never felt like the communication changed. I feel like it's being better received. Like he's starting to see what Alex Grinch and Roy Manning and the whole defensive staff have been telling him about. And he's seeing Oklahoma do these things against, you know, passing offenses and he's watching guys that i mean let's be honest he is more talented than making a lot of plays so that's an easy sell for him and the fact that oklahoma was in on him way before most of these other programs he's super familiar with them he knows them best i mean and he said in that article pretty much oklahoma is his leader right now and i think with the way that defense is continuing to improve and the relationship they have, if they can get him down for another game, they have I think to, it's going to be, yep, I, I think it's going to be really tough for somebody to beat Oklahoma right now. I, I just really like the way that's trending for them at the moment. And he took his official in the spring, right? Yes, so. he was spring game, official visit. He, I, to my knowledge, has not been back since. You got to make that happen somehow. Yep, I, I agree. And, you know, and people will say, well, maybe you can't. He came down once before in the spring. Before that, you know, he he came down unofficially once on his yep. own. So there is some reason to believe that maybe he can get down again on his own for a game. Uh, we'll have to kind of look at that, maybe see, you know, maybe he's got a bye week coming, uh, just something along those lines. And I'm sure you guys will kind of talk to him about that. So I'm interested to see. 
I've talked to him a little bit right as kind of we were getting started here in the pod. He sounds like he's up for it, pretty excited. And I know, Bob, you know more about it, but he's got a big game this weekend. Yeah, they're going against North Kansas City, who is 8-0, while Raytown is 6-2. and Looking at some of the same teams they've played, I think we're, we're in for a good one. And what I like about that, there's some sometimes you go to a game – just to watch that kid be a star and blow him out. Like when we went to see Andrew Rame last year against Norman Eddie, that was like 56 nothing at halftime. That was just a showcase for Rame. That's fine. But a game like this, Manning's going to have to be that certain type of superstar if they're going to have a chance. And he'll play receiver. He'll play corner. He's not going to be one of those corners that doesn't do anything because they're going to need him to be the best player on the field. Well, we will detour over to Raytown Friday night uh, and then uh, stay nearby Manhattan before we head to Kansas State Saturday morning uh, for another 11 a.m. kickoff. Uh, But at least we'll be heading home. And uh, I also want to give a shout-out to uh, one of our uh, Scoop subscribers. I think Airborne Oki was his name. uh, Offered to uh, uh, allow us to use his house to come record our podcast and appreciate the offer. Uh, we, you know, we, we are kind of crunched for time, especially on game days being that far away. We, cause Bob's got the baby at home. We try and get back the same night. So we'll probably just do the podcast, uh, you know, from the press. I don't box have a baby and I want to get home the same night. Yeah. So. Eddie's the same way. He, his baby is a six pack. He went and I'm the same way. It's just better being just sleeping in your own bed. It is very much so. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's going to be a big weekend, uh, you know, doing all that stuff, and and then the bye week. So we will probably need a bye week after this weekend. And be interesting to see how OU hits that. I'm Roy Manning saw Dante Manning after the uh, during the first bye week, and Dante put put on a show. See if they go see him. Talk with Vandegrift family uh, yesterday. It sounds like yeah. they expect Shane Beamer to be at Brock's game next weekend. Uh. And I, just to tease a little bit, Scoop will have some information on where a few guys are going to be. Maybe even Lincoln Riley. So it, it, it's it's during the they, bye they week. Are, you mean? Yeah, they're making some plans on the places they're going to be. There, there's already been some talk. Cabo. <laughs> if there's a football player there, but I don't think that's I mean, what Josh is talking about. Is F U T B O L? I mean, there's some football players down there. Football. Uh, I. <laughs> Linda have a nephew down there that she wants to get checked out. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna avoid a. I mean, we've already had is a very there? debatable. Is this racist moment? We're gonna just we're gonna skip past all this. Mm-hmm. Linda and I's relationship is special, and I don't want to ruin it. So, anything else stand out to you guys this week about uh, media? Jalen Hurts uh, back to giving opening statements in his press conferences. Oh, it was just funny him mentioning we don't talk about the team they're about to play, which yeah. is generally true for just about every single. When you're favored by 24, the the interesting storyline is not who you're playing. It, there's other things out there that we're trying to find out. Yeah, like, uh, you know, replacing John Michael Terry. Um, like you wrote about uh, uh, Nick Benito. And uh, I know Marquise Brown is a big, you know, something everybody's kind of working on this week. I mean, there's a little... Hey. This is a, the other thing is, though, there's someone that's kind of tainted the tell us about the other team questions over the years because there's one person that's that's all he asks and cd lamb brings it up which i think is funny 
He's the first player. So you that you always ask me these questions. And nobody wants to be that guy. So they don't so it's like just yeah, we don't ever ask you about the other team because we don't want to be the nerds. Well, you you do it when it's like Texas or yeah. like the Buckeyes. Like when it's a game that feels it could go either way. You know, the other problem about these jobs that we have is we generally don't have enough time to watch other teams play. Like that's what I've always thought was funny about, you know, beat writers that vote in the AP tw- top 25. It's like, when would you ever have, like you said, you haven't even seen Alabama this year. Like, when would you have time to even really watch? You almost have to be someone that just sits at home every weekend. That's a better AP top 25 voter than someone that's actually out working on the weekend covering a team. Then that's what they should do. They should just give all the AP votes to people, to bloggers. I mean, nobody pays attention to the polls anyway. I don't yeah, pay attention I mean, they're not. The they're not important anymore. I mean, the people that the only are, the only people that enjoy the polls are people that use Facebook constantly. Are we ready for the first CF uh, CFP poll? Is that next November fifth? Ah, it's after it's, the bye week. It's in November. That's yeah. okay. another thing I it's can, after I can the do without week. for another month. Don't need it. It gives you a month though. That's good to know at least where you stand. Eddie just hates all polls. They're just stupid. They mean nothing. Well, it's, they it's, decide it's, the national champion, the, the college football playoff committee. Okay, it's all going to work itself out, though. Yeah. I mean, it's... That and the Heisman Trophy. Do away with them. Really? Do away with wow. the Heisman? That's that's just awful. There's only a select handful of people that can win the Heisman. I've said this it's, before. It's gotten that way. Yeah. Now, it hasn't always been that way, but... Recent history, yes, there is a criteria that's developed, and I'm I am for that changing. You have to be at a blue blood. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't go to the best player in the country? No, it doesn't. Hell no. And it doesn't go to the best. Yeah, and it, I mean that includes like sometimes the defensive player is the best player in the country. Sure. And if you don't right. play quarterback out of blue blood, you can't win the well, you can't win it. Unless, Lamar Jackson unless beating those guys, Deshaun Watson still ruffles me wrong. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson had statistically had one of the best seasons in the history of college football. Of mm-hmm. course, he was going to win it. And it is about statistics. You know, it's like Oklahoma crazy. State fans, I've I've been saying for a month that you know when this before they shit the bed that Chuba Hubbard had no chance. Yeah, doing the Heisman and unless uh, they were, it happened in 1988. Yeah, I was one year old in 1988. <laughs> yeah, I mean that wouldn't happen today because Oklahoma State would have to win the Big Twelve. In They'd have to go undefeated. For Barry Sanders to win it. They'd have to go undefeated, too. And I'm pretty sure they got slaughtered by Nebraska. And not slaughtered by Oklahoma, but beaten pretty good by Oklahoma. Luckily for Oklahoma fans, every year Oklahoma's quarterback will have a chance to win the Heisman Trophy. He fits all the, you would he think fits that, the criteria. You would think that if Jalen Hurts somehow wins it this year, people are going to be like, do we need to reevaluate our criteria? Well, they'll just say that it was a system. I don't think they'll say it is the system. I think they'll realize, like, we're just giving this to the best player on the best team. Because it really is, like, last year it was, who were the finalists last year? Kyler? To uh, to Haskins. And Haskins. So the three best quarterbacks on the three best teams, basically. I mean, Ohio State didn't make the playoff, but who who else were we going to give it to? You couldn't give it to a freshman that had just taken the job halfway through his, his first season. And Trevor Lawrence... And then who was the other college football? Notre team? Dame. They didn't have a Heisman. Yeah, guy. they didn't have one. 
So I mean, yeah. dumb award. It's not a dumb award. It's been, the the criteria has it's become a tainted dumb. award. I mean, so, this year, Tua, Burrow, Fields, and Hurts. Those are your four, and it's October, and you already know that those are going to be the four. Everybody's just, I mean, if they voted today, Burrow would be the Heisman winner. Yes. I'm still not sold on this LSU team. I'm just not. More so than anyone else. Well, they got Auburn this week and Bama in two weeks. So. They play in the SEC. They must be good. I don't know. Florida is another one of those teams. Like, they're not that good, but they keep winning because they're playing the right people. They play in the SEC. They have to be good. But like you said, Mississippi State's terrible. Tennessee's terrible. I didn't think Florida would beat Auburn. Vanderbilt's bad, but they they get wins. By the way, that that the interview with Vanderbilt's coach is Derek Mason. Is that their coach, Eddie? Coach expert? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um. Like, that was a really weird interview. Did you guys see that? I heard. I never listened. Oh, my God. I guess they didn't play I don't make a habit the, of watching the uh, post-game thread. Two and five team. I was like, he's made, he's made for this job or something? It was like if you stuck a microphone in front of Roy Manning when he was doing one of his videos. It really was. He was like, we're Vanderbilt men. We're two and five. Okay. I, like, I do this. Uh, sir... You're 26 and 43. At he is. Yeah, he's terrible. Of course, that is a that's a difficult job. That stadium sucks. I mean, that like if you have you you've you've seen that stadium, Josh, when we used to stay. Oh yeah, for, we used to uh, stay right next the old door rival to it. stuff. Uh huh. Like yeah. it it is literally just a step up from the old Lewis Field at OSU. It just has concrete. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a not, dump. Yeah, oh, it, it's a bad stadium. But, I mean, James Franklin had them winning nine games there. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, how much are they helped by the fact that Tennessee's been a dumpster fire for, you know, 10 they years They should have been capitalizing yeah. and recruiting, yep. and yep. they really really haven't. Three and nine, yep. four and eight, six and seven, five and seven, six and seven, two and five. What were they when Franklin was there? Uh, are you just looking at Derek Mason's yeah, page? Yeah, just looking at Derek Mason's. Let's see here. I don't know how we got off on a Derek Mason tangent. Well, we I mean, we're really getting kind of far afield. Last week it was Cal, and now we're a Vandy podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> most Commodores. Attention, most attention either of those programs have received in the last month. So they're welcome. Nobody in Nashville is talking about this team. I don't know. They might be. The Titans are awful, too. We'll be an Oregon State podcast next week. Yeah, at least they <laughs> went and got a road win over the weekend. Hey, if Eddie can tell us who the head coach is. Jonathan, uh, we've already done this. This isn't fair. <laughs> Smith, I think. <clears throat> That's right. You, you know, we could become an SMU podcast. They're actually worth talking about. I don't think they're really worth talking about. More so than Arkansas well, is. Oh. By the way, you know why SMU is doing so well is because Sonny Dykes is a genius. He just started embracing graduate transfers and just transfers in general from the Dallas area that went to big schools and got homesick. So like he's like he's like a bottom feeder. Like he he's probably calling kids at OU like you happy? You want to come home? You sure? Like he's just going to be he's he's steal your girlfriend. They were 24 and 15 in 3 years under Franklin. Wow. Which means they had more wins in 3 years under Franklin than they've had since. How good is Penn State? 
I didn't watch that. I, I gave up on that game, and then Michigan came back. They're pretty good. I mean, I think it's one of those things where we do this every time at this point in the season, every year. We, we try to find these other teams. Like, okay, they, they can compete. They can play. No, Ohio State's going to beat Penn State by 14. Like, I mean, maybe more. Maybe 21, yeah. Yeah, like Ohio State's much better than Penn State is. They just are. And Penn State has the same problem they always have. They've got an okay quarterback. Like, everybody, I, I remember two years ago, Trace McSorley, that's, that's this year's Baker Mayfield. No, he's not. No. no, no, he's not. Like, he's short and he's white, and that's the only comparison. And he can run, yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, we're doing the same. I'm sure a lot of people in this part of the country are doing the same thing with Baylor right now. Oh, sure. When I think Iowa State is the better team, even though they beat them. Uh, what do you guys think in that Baylor-Texas game? I think Baylor will beat Texas. Well, they play Texas after the Sooners, so we'll see mm-hmm. what their mindset Texas is. Texas is just, I mean, that that game with Kansas. I mean, their mindset will probably be trying to get to the Big 12 championship game, even if OU beats them. Right? Wait, now say that again. I was thinking maybe they get beat, uh, beat up. Uh, that's right. I'm saying OU's defense going to beat them up. Oh, well, you're mean, saying Baylor will or that I Iowa State go will one play one. Texas after? No, I think Baylor OU. will go one and one against OU and Texas. I agree with Josh. Baylor could be nine and zero, and then has OU and Texas in back to back weeks. Okay, and then they so they play they, Texas after OU. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the week after. Yes. Yeah. Who do they play in that final game? Kansas. They they get uh, their they get their oh. cupcake. Wouldn't that be amazing? Though, I mean, Baylor's going to be nine and zero. They're going to beat West Virginia next Thursday. They're off this week. They play West Virginia Thursday, and then they play TCU. They're going to be nine and zero, which I think is good for Oklahoma. I don't think it really matters. Oh, I mean, Baylor. I mean, no, he has to win. If you're, to win yeah, every if you're game. Un- undefeated three weeks from now, you'll be in the top ten. Yeah, there, there, there is a decent chance OU Baylor is a game day game. I think there's a very good chance that it's a game day game. That's and I mean, which would be good for Oklahoma. Sure, and that I don't uh, think I it really matters. I mean, if why I don't win, you think it matters? I mean, this stuff because they have perception. to win every game to get to the college football playoff. Matters, though. What's they, the perception though? The perception is that the Big Twelve is weak. If they have a, another team that comes into the top ten that's not Texas, that's good for Oklahoma. That's good for the Big Twelve. That's good for the college football playoff chances. Like and you, I mean, they have to. You're right. I mean, they with have that, to, with that they have that, to win out anyway. But yeah. you're also. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the SEC? If if LSU beats Alabama barely, you know, with a struggling Tua, and then a Tua comes back in the big in the SEC championship, and they can they play in the no, they no. can't. Mm-hmm. No, and then LSU wins. Let's say they win the SEC championship convincingly over Georgia. Is, whoever is Bama four? Yeah, is is Bama. An undefeated be Oklahoma would not be kept out of the college football playoff. They might with, with Jalen Hurts. It won't. It, you there's zero percent chance. You don't trust the people in that room as it is. So why are you sitting here there's telling zero, me there's zero percent chance? You know chance. how they're going to vote. There is zero percent chance an undefeated Oklahoma would be kept out of the college football playoff. Just not going to happen. It's not zero. And it's zero. It's not zero. And undefeated Oklahoma Bob, would not is it be zero kept, chance it's, because an injured Tua is the perfect excuse if Bama goes eleven and one and they lose like by less than ten points to it, LSU. And you have Ohio State undefeated. Paranoid. You have Oklahoma. We're not paranoid. We just know that you're leaving this up to a committee that's sitting in a hotel. An room. undefeated OU will not be kept out of the college football playoff. It will not happen. It will not happen. It could happen. 
could, I, uh, there's yeah, a chance I could, it could I could happen. play in the 2021 <laughs> Masters, too, if I win the U.S. Amateur. Not going to happen, though. And I think because they're going to look at OU's schedule and say they didn't deserve it. So you want Iowa State. You're going to want right. Baylor. You're yes. going to want that stuff. That's why it's going to matter. Well, Eddie, matter. I generally Half I generally of the SEC is terrible. Just, but that's I, not what perception. <laughs> that's not perception, though, Eddie. I mean, we agree with you on that. But you're arguing against perception. You're saying like, that it doesn't matter. If that happens, Eddie, Oklahoma should pull out of the NCAA. I don't. Well, I, mean, I won't disagree. I'll, I'll probably join you on the front lines for that fight. I mean, you think about how close it was between Georgia losing to Bama and Georgia desert. Or they were Kirk Herbstreit beating yeah, the drum for Alabama for Georgia, Georgia to pass up Oklahoma pass last up year. OU as a two-loss team. Wouldn't you say, though, that the perception as Oklahoma as a whole, I mean, you listen to Joe Klatt or whoever. Only Joe Klatt. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, he's the there's, only there's one. nobody else beating sorry, the drum Eddie. for OU right now. There really isn't. Everybody's got them on the outside right now as fifth. And because I know the it, other teams I haven't know, lost. I know that it's got to play out. But like we're saying, if you have that position that somehow keeps two SEC teams in the top, in the top four... And Clemson doesn't lose, and Ohio State doesn't lose. You kind of need that bump. It well, helps. And, and re- guys, remember, Alabama. Say in this scenario, we're talking about LSU. Alabama plays them tough, but they lose, and Tua comes back. Okay, from there on, Alabama has at Mississippi State. They've got their annual bullshit game. Cupcake They're going to play game. West Carolina at home, <laughs> and then their last game is at Auburn. Say he goes to Auburn, and they beat Auburn fifty-six to. 24. I mean, they just run Auburn out of the stadium. And he likes it. They damn well might because Auburn's another SEC team that I'm like, they're not as good as you think they are. Right. And they would have beat Florida if they were anywhere, if they were worth it. Yes, exactly. Like Florida, they're, I mean, they were worse than Florida. That, that says all you have to say. So you got that win, and that's the last thing in voters' minds. And then you throw in the, well, Tua wasn't healthy. Tua wasn't good against LSU. I'm not saying I think it's an argument that should win. But it's an argument that people will buy. And if you think Paul Feinbaum's not going to be on every airwave on ESPN saying that, oh, you should be left out in that scenario, he'll be conflicted. His love of Jalen Hurst. Although, yeah, he does really want Jalen Hurst to play Alabama. Paul Paul Feinbaum. (laughs) Who cares what he has to say? Who's Mel Kuyper? (laughs) Bomb. But this is where we're at because OU schedule just feels so blah. Yeah. This is what we talk about. And a lot of it, Welcome to, to be 12. fair to today's Eddie, Big Twelve, a lot of it is because of pre like preseason notions. Baylor wasn't any good in the preseason, so they can't be good now. Auburn and Florida were good in the preseason, so they have to be good now. Eddie, let me ask you this: I mean, just nationally, I don't know how much stuff you watch or not, but have you seen a lot of people praising Oklahoma's defense? Because you certainly saw everybody talking the last few years about how their defense was holding them back. Have you seen anybody that's been like? Because we were, we do any of those or, people do any of those people have any type of decision making process in the college football playoff? Though I would say that's that what those saying. people influence the people who do have decisions. I don't know. Is Maybe Rice still on that damn thing? I think so. No. We, we act like that's a bunch of learned people that watch the game really close. <laughs> yeah, they're watching every game. <laughs> they're watching college football final just like the rest of us. Body clock. Body clock, baby. See, I game think, what, game I think management. Game year. management was 
was one term. They led for time possession. I mean, we know that the scoreboard for college football minutes. playoff is a bunch of f-ing idiots to begin with. But agreed. So that's why this I'm could happen. Kind of glad that we're dropping the f bomb today. I well, mean, it's just ridiculous. It's been a while since it's just been a barrage like this. <laughs> I, I mean, Eddie, we're not against you. Nobody's against you. It's just. I think it's that like there's you're a better pretending chance. Like it, it, like bias and perception doesn't exist when I. It does. It just does. Uh, you can't avoid it. Here's a it. good way. Let, let, let's see how far we are all. I think though that I, if I think, if OU is able to run the table and they go twelve and zero, win 13, the college 13. Uh, or thirteen yeah. and zero, twelve and zero, and then thirteen and zero, going into the uh, into the there's no way they should be game. left out of the college no football way. playoff. But I don't know but what I else agree. is out there. What's I think happen? the national narrative on Oklahoma would be, wow, what a turned around complete team this is for them to be able to and if they're holding they've got to hold people to 2014 points for them to be able to run the table though i think there would be a lot of people saying see this this team is different this this group is different like i think that there would be a better chance that they're punished for their mishaps in years past than there would be because of a georgia or an s or two sec teams being undefeated do you know what i mean no, I, and, and I do, but Eddie, let's let's just say they play Texas, and Ellinger has a big day, and he drops, I don't know, 38 on Oklahoma, 34 on Oklahoma. And that's the last thing people day. see. And that's the last thing people see. And I, and I guarantee you, other than Joel Klatt, no one will bring the conversation of that's exactly what he did to LSU. <laughs> no one will say it. Because it's like we live in this alternative reality. It's, it's that damn thing. I got into it on Twitter yesterday with a Florida Hall of Famer, Jacquez Green. I know you did. Who, I loved it. I didn't see this. Because his ass, oh, my God. Oh, it, he it's was bad. Like, like, he, he uh, was by trying Green, to, by Green's part. He quote tweeted Mike Houck because Mike Houck uh, said something about. Uh, Jalen Hurts with his yeah. e- efficiency and stuff. Yeah. And he was like Big 12 defenses and did like the shoulder shrug, you know, emoji. And I was like. Man, it's not the same thing. And then I literally did a side by side of LSU and Oklahoma against Texas, and it was even more. Sta- it was a bigger scope than I expected it to be. And he was like, "You can't tell me anything. Big Twelve defenses suck." Yeah, like it don't like, matter what, okay. what you say. All right. Okay, Good luck running your seven on seven program, bud. <laughs> yeah, it was no. He's a he's a OC at a big program in Florida. Like I oh, should not him. be too shitty, but I was like. Dude, this is just a joke. Like you, you're not even. You had yeah. it with Deion Sanders after OU's defense performs against Texas, saying OU's defense still is suspect. It, it's it's just the narrative because of what they've done the last two years is still that way for the narrative of, who's not watching. The narrative has been but there. But we know for, Deion Sanders isn't watching. He's not sitting around <laughs> and watching OU football but on the, Saturdays. That's the problem. Is the narrative has been there for so long. The people that like the people that don't pay attention now have heard the narrative because it's it's been it's been reinforced year after year after year. Those same people that don't pay attention, they're not recognizing that things are changing. They're not recognizing that OU is playing differently. And I'm not saying those people on the committee are going to be in that room because they're going to recognize it. I think that that tone would change 13 games in as opposed to seven games in. Look, this is Fair. what this is. OU has to go and win a national championship. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to just stop it completely. Because everybody will be watching Unless on that they win night. every game and are told they can't have that opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fun. You know, we, Which is, if that's the case, if that were to happen, I will, I will lead a riot into yes. Arlington or wherever the hell that they are. Irving. Irving. 
But you get we the, need, we'll we get need to plan from Irving. Protest. We'll make yeah. it. We'll make it the next area fifty one. Oh, we will be going to people's homes. <laughs> you get the OU defense turnaround. That's not being talked about, but the LSU offense is. That's kind of the disconnect too. Yeah, it's like why is the LSU offense turnaround being? See, I've heard that, but it, every time that comes up, it's look. If if LSU can turn it around offensively, look at Oklahoma and defensively. It's the same argument. Yeah, right. but no, but LSU's getting praise for turning it around offensively. Joe Burrow. Yeah, but they're not the getting Heisman. they're not getting um, but, dinged uh, because their defense is not playing but as well. OU's defense is not getting that same type of equal level praise of turning itself around right. where the LSU offense right. is. And Josh, to answer your question, I think it would be much better for Oklahoma to play. If Texas were to do that and Elinger were to put up thirty eight, that would mean that Texas has run the table, right, to yeah, get to the Big 12 absolutely. championship game. So beating a 11-1 Texas would be much stronger, in my opinion, than beating a 10-1 Baylor that you've already beat. Oh, agree completely. Yeah. Te- again, and it's just about perception. I don't think sure. that... Because I, th- I think by then, difference. Texas will be back in the top 12. Yeah, how They could be in the oh, top yeah. 10 How again. high ranked would a two-loss Texas team be mm. going into Arlington? If they were to run the table, they would, yeah, it would, be, I think they'd be top 10. It could be. They'd be 10 and 2. I mean, like, well, it's just like Texas. It's, it's just like the argument that, that we're having. They're the yeah. top rated. Yeah, and, I mean, in their know, name if, value. I mean, exactly. They're going to be the top of the one loss team or the top of the two loss teams or top of, just because of who they are. And because than, these f-ing people from Ames, Iowa lose to Iowa every year. Like, if you play. They're ranked again. If you play Iowa State, they're just going to be like, yeah, I remember when they lost to Iowa. They can beat the Cowboys. But how do you lose to Iowa? They'll stay ranked. No, that that is true. I do think, though, in a way, and what we've seen over the last the, the last couple of years is, if OU keeps putting up the numbers that they're putting up, I I think that these olds in the college football playoff look at they will look at Oklahoma and offensively die, go vote and die. That's all you're here for, so just do it. I think that they would put what. Go into that room, that that room in the playoff. How many do you think are aware that Oklahoma is giving up five yards more per game than Auburn, LSU, Florida, and Alabama? Not one of them knows that. I guarantee it. Like they 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 still see it as that's OU. And what the thing that they won't even acknowledge is that OU's playing in this past crazy uh, league. And doing this, like this is the time of year when we thought Oklahoma's rankings would start falling. And they're, yeah, and they're, they're, they're doing increasing. the exact opposite. They're 28th yeah. in total defense, but yep. 23rd in um, something. They're giving up, they're giving no up fewer yards per play than Florida right now. Oh, they don't. They don't play the high-powered SEC offenses like Florida does. I, I mean, I don't obviously. You know, and, Florida, and, and a lot of it is is not even OU's doing. It's it's the fact that other teams are trying to attack Oklahoma. By slowing the game down, so they're they're making there be fewer plays in a game, which is also helping Oklahoma's defense. Sure, which is what K State's going to try and do. I mean, I week. would hope that all of this is looked at when these guys meet. I haven't. Gone I just don't think. The, I just don't think that there's think any possible way. These people. <laughs> the you bottom say line that is though, and OU's been in three of the last four years. The what? I said the bottom line, Eddie, for the first time maybe in podcast history. You have more expectation of a fellow human being than anybody else in the podcast. I, I just like know. I just know less. how college football. 
I feel like I know how college football works, and the blue bloods are taken care of in this sport more than anybody else. Who's more of a blue blood than Bama? Bama's that one of the well, like, you know what? what? Two, three programs. Nebraska's that can a, over Oklahoma. Nebraska's a blue blood. No, they, <laughs> they aren't. Can't get their <laughs> Nebraska's not a blue blood. <laughs> not, they've had it taken away. They're not they're a modern. Blue blood. They're not a modern now day blue blood. Now you're just trying to bait Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. A, they're not a modern day blue blood. They're not. There's they're like not five but, teams I mean, that are blue bloods but in the they, modern historically, day. Historically, they are a blue blood. Uh, not in my lifetime. Okay, in the mid '90s, you weren't alive. They were for, I guess, the nine, first nine years of my life. So not in the last 25 <laughs> years. But so what? They made the championship 2001 after getting destroyed by the Buffalo. Yeah, that Miami wasn't the real Nebraska them. team, though. But that was like the last time they've yeah. done anything. I'm talking about it's Tom a dead Osborne. program. Dead program. I don't disagree. But again, they are a, a, a an historic blue blood. And a whatever you want to do. I just, don't think, I just don't think there's any way. There's a lot to be. There's a lot that will play out. <laughs> I know a lot weeks. will be decided. But, but but let's let's be real. Like okay, Eddie, you rank it as a zero percent chance. I don't think I like. I think again, we all agree it shouldn't be the way it plays out. If OU's undefeated, they should be there. We all agree. I would say it's like a ten percent chance. Like I don't think it's a good chance. Yeah, it's, it's a but very I wouldn't small rule chance. it out. I just I I think that when they would sit back and they'd look at storm. everything, it would be a perfect storm. It would be a nightmare for the college football playoff if that happened. But at the same time, I also think that a lot goes into storylines, and they're just not—they're not keeping a Jalen Hurts out. It's just not going to happen. And I know he's—he's he's a small part of the. Uh, so now you're calling ESPN. Um, oh, I—I I, they would 100% do that. <laughs> 100%. College football is about money and TV ratings. That's that's it. They don't care about the student athlete. Like I we need I don't even think that we even act like they are anymore. We know we know exactly what college football is about. Look at the Heisman Trophy, the most one of the most prestigious trophies or awards in all of sports, it's turned into a mockery. Okay. It's for money. It's all for money. Wrong about that. Eddie's joining the Peace Corps next. No, I'm not a Peace Corps college football guy now. It just it, it's the, it's, like the fact. it's a fact trophies there's only like six or seven teams that can win the championship every year but unless that's you go because there's only six or seven that are good enough though too it's not like they're keeping out i think it goes know, both ways a little bit iowa state on purpose i mean they, it, but they I'm, just aren't good enough now i mean iowa state baylor tcu osu probably to an extent those are teams. OSU that, could have been in it one year if they would have beat Iowa State on that Monday night game or whatever the hell that thing was. It go, go all the way back to 2014 though. It's like if Baylor or TCU had the OU logo, zero chance they're being left out of the college football playoff. Well, yeah, when Baylor and TCU had that thing, yeah, if one, if it had been OU in Texas, somebody would have been in. Absolutely. absolutely, I agree with 100%. that. One hundred percent. That was the perfect storm too, with the Buckeyes winning fifty-eight nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the last thing people re- but again, remembered. Better helmets. For the committee, absolutely one hundred. It's 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 not even. I will say like, this: it's a joke if people don't believe that. I I, I think everybody does believe that, but you know, if there being some conspiracy that a deserving team is going to get left out for a blue blood, I don't think happens. I just if the resumes, I I, I don't. Is there one time you can think of resume was just clearly better? 
other than TCU, Baylor? Mm, I mean, I guess you could you could make the argument for uh, Ohio State. What was that? Like, was that last year? When they didn't go? No, two years ago. Yeah. And OU got State the edge. Wins. Yeah. Was that 2017? Yeah. yeah that was, but that was because Michigan State was already in, right? No, that's 2015. Oh, OU had already in OU. 2015. Won, OU beat Ohio State head-to-head is right. basically what it came 20, down to. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 2017 was that. But OU, when they had when they lost to Houston and Ohio State, they were a good candidate at the end of the year, but they just weren't. They were never going to get in because they had two losses. Yeah, OU and Penn and uh, Penn State were maybe two of the better teams. They just had those two early losses. Didn't matter. I I think OU will get in before the Sooner Schooner is back up and running. Apparently, <laughs> OU administration kneeling to PETA isn't exactly what I wanted to lead into, but you forced you forced my hand. You think PETA had something to do with this now? Oh yeah, you are full of conspiracy theories today. PCOU, that's all they are. They have to rebuild it. Like I don't understand why they can't get it back on the field. Like it, they have an engineering. We can program. rebuild it because they don't want to. Uh, because they don't want to step on anybody's toes. PETA, PETA members buy tickets too. Do they have to? Do they have to like take this out to the Oklahoma horseshoeing school to get it fixed or something? Out on I thirty five. I mean, we're talking about the same school that banned horns down from uh, social their, media. Accounts their, yes, from their social media accounts. Cheer and squads. From cheer squads. Like I'm joking about that being a PETA thing, but <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> It is just I, I just very I soft, never thought it's a very like, soft university. Yeah, right I now. never thought. Okay, it's done for the year. I mean, they're they're going on the road. I mean, there are two they got games, a bye though. week. There are, there and are then there's only two games. games, but still, those two games are a big, from a month from now. You think you could have it? I mean, they don't take it to Arlington anyway. I don't it's think just the start of it all. It's going to be eliminated by next year, probably. Somebody's probably offended by it. Would you, would it ruin your day if it was? Do you even video it when it comes out? I mean, I have before. I didn't on you Saturday when it was when it tipped. But you were like a right fielder that was picking a daisy. Yeah, I was doing something. <laughs> I mean, it was like twenty eight to seven. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was twenty eight seven. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason really for you to. Did you at least like? Because I really wanted to know what all that shit was that was on the field. Oh, like, it was just how like is there so much crap in that and, thing? I'm sure people just. You know the roughnecks instead of putting stuff in their pockets or whatever, just throw it in there to. Yeah, they never think it's like gonna phones and all spill out for everyone to yeah. see. I don't think it was anything crazy. But it like literally like, I think we said this after the game. It was it was Shin's line. It looked like you know there was a gypsy pile up on the highway. It's hilarious. I thought it was funny. <laughs> well, and then the the video comes out and everybody's like roughnecks are misogynists. They don't care about that girl at all. Yeah, that became a thing. God, people. That became a thing people on just, Twitter. They suck. People suck so they bad. They care more that, about them horses and the wagon than they did about I think it was more girl. like they care more about uh, the, what do they call that, inert object, inanimate object. They cared more about the wood and the, and the whatever fabric than they did a human being. I mean. Wagon's probably worth a, more than that's her. That's even more. <laughs> that's like. God, that's more of a pita take to me that they cared more about the wagon than the girl than the horses. Might be true. What Peter said about the horse. 
Anyway. All right. I think uh, we've run out of real estate. On uh, we, we actually, we had a recap recruiting weekend. And they brought a lot of, a lot of kids. Oh, in. Yeah. yeah. Josh, yeah, yeah. you ready to roll? Keyshawn Lawrence, Reggie Grimes, etc. Yeah. Uh, you know, I thought uh just talking to some people it was kind of a late developing thing when i was talking to some people on sunday morning i just didn't get the feeling like much had happened there wasn't really any big change you know oh you hadn't really made a move but as the last few days have gone on i get the impression that if oklahoma felt better about one of the two of them it's reggie grimes i think they really felt like they made a move with him uh really impressed him and his dad with how they presented things i know from some of the people i talked to there was a very they really felt like Grimes fit in well with the program. He would be kind of you know a a future leader of that defense, that kind of personality. So I I just think they liked him a lot. He liked them, and I I got the impression. I mean, there's a lot of talk that Grimes and Lawrence would like to play together, and you know I don't want to go into everything we're going to talk about in scoop, but there there were some interesting connections uh, be kind of being made between those two. I, I think Oklahoma uh, definitely made made things interesting with him and then where are you headed this weekend sure uh tomorrow gonna go out uh kind of west houston i'm gonna go see uh oklahoma wide receiver commitment cody jackson uh and reuben fathery the his classmate the big offensive tackle offer from richmond foster uh they're playing uh the number one team in the state uh, uh shadow creek which has guys like alec bryant uh Xavier alford uh, just a whole bunch of big time guys. So there's probably going to be anywhere from you know ten to fifteen Division One players on the field. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, and then Friday night, I'm going to go over and you know live my best life watching Bryce Foster going head to head with Tunmiche Adelier uh, as Katie Tompkins and Katie Taylor go head to head. So that's just going to be a. I saw that game last year. It was my first chance to see both, and that's kind of when I was like, wow, these guys are really special. And now. To get another look at them and kind of watch them. Tompkins won that game last year. I think they should win again this year. Uh, Tompkins is one of those teams that this time last year nobody was talking about. Now, I mean, they gave Katie a heck of a game earlier in the year. They're uh, they're kind of a sneaky team in Texas, and like I said, it's it's largely a Delier and their quarterback Jalen Milrow that's a Texas commitment. What is uh what what's the latest on Foster? Any movement there with him? Not really. He's taking things pretty slow. You know, I, I, I keep up with him fairly regularly, and, you know, Bill Biedenboe's talking with him a lot. There's a good relationship there. Obviously, uh, he came up for the Houston game, and I, I think he just, you know, he sees what Oklahoma's doing, and I think there was a lot of talk early on with his relationship with Jalen Milrow, which, you know, I know it's going to sound funny because they're not at the same school, but those guys and Hayden Connor, who's also committed to Texas in the 2021 class and is Bryce Foster's teammate, they all played Little League ball growing up together, so they know each other very well. They go back a long ways, and there was this kind of belief that, well, Bryce Foster's going to pick Texas. I've got to think that that kid watching that OU Texas game was like, whoa, that you know, like I see one offensive line doing great stuff, another offensive line just getting ragdolled. You know, regardless of what the Joe Moore Award had to say about it. Um, but yeah, it it I think Oklahoma's in a good spot with him. I would say the odds are probably with UT and A and M a little bit right now, just due to proximity, some of those things. But he's made it up to Oklahoma a couple of times. He definitely likes OU. So I I still think I mean he's he's a guy that Oklahoma has a real chance with. And I I guess I should. 
you know, tag on here at the end. Late last week, I had a chance to see uh, Colin Montgomery and Donovan Jackson, and the idea that Donovan Jackson, Bryce Foster, Reuben Fathery, Colin Montgomery, Hayden Connor, all these guys are just in the Houston area in the 2021 class, it just blows my mind. Donovan jo- Jackson and Bryce Foster are probably the best two guards in the country and live about 20 minutes from each other. I mean, they're it's just unbelievable, and I think Reuben Fathery has a chance to be a top 10 NFL left tackle someday. I mean, he's he's just his size and athleticism is just off the charts. Then you throw in these other guys who any other year would be the best offensive lineman in Texas, but they're just I mean, Bryce Foster is he's got a chance to be one of those you know, maybe what Creed Humphrey is to a center, Bryce Foster is to a guard. I mean, he's that special. Uh, all right. Uh, well, we'll see Dante Manning on Friday night, and uh, we may. Uh, we're hoping to get a chance to talk to him. I think uh, he's uh, told us that he is receptive to that. So they all are until they lose, like a, the last second. Yeah, I know. It's kind of. We'll know. see. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't mean that his career is jinxed if we go and see him. See, Trajan Bridges is doing okay. We all three went and saw him. We just don't have a great track record. Of non-regional or non was it what was uh, Travion or whatever Tavion Thomas Tavion Thomas yeah I don't even think he plays for Cincinnati. I mean, apparently in other situations, just one of you it can it can just there's a sl- there's a smaller impact. You know, Bob ruined the Transformers and uh, Irving ISD the other day, so or Arlington ISD, <laughs> I sure so did. destroyed. I will Trayvon say chance uh, to play. we haven't heard Brees Hall's career after we went and saw him. Yeah, with Maurice Hicks. You could argue they'd be seven and zero if Brees Hall was playing from the. Yeah, a lot of jump. people are pissed at Matt Campbell for not starting or not playing him earlier. I don't know if he got in the doghouse or what the deal was there. Well, you fans can tell him all about it because it sounds like Matt Campbell by, uh, I guess by uh, the decisions that he's made, he's going to make OU miss the uh, college football playoff even if they finish out. So <laughs> yes, wow. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Eddie's in the corner with like his hat over his eyes, his arms folded, and he's just not talking to anyone. He's just pissed. I just want to fast forward to five weeks because now I want this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of the Unofficial 40 from MidFirst Bank. Uh, make sure you go to midfirst.com slash U40. Uh, sign up for that OU Rewards credit card. Uh, thank you, Eddie Radosevich, for blessing us with your presence today. And your thank you. sunshiny exterior thank you thank you to uh, bob presbillo who will now probably go home and babysit for a while yes uh and uh thank you to uh mommy and me's own josh mcquistian i am uh think oh go ahead no it's it's your show go i know i i, I kind of forgot we were in the exit so i apologize for that but uh, as you're listening to this i'm probably doing the mommy and me swim class so enjoy it you know and, uh, by the way, basketball uh, just around the corner as well. I know uh, OU Media Day coming up next week, so we'll have full coverage of that That'll as well. Be next Wednesday. Obviously, they had Bryce Thompson in over the weekend. <sighs> I'm not saying, Kate, that the Jayhawks are a lock, but when you start hearing we did everything we could, that's sort of when you know, you know what? It's out of our control. Now it's up to the FBI's. <laughs> you know? In the FBI's. Because it's clear the Sooners felt they hit it out of the park, did everything that they wanted to do. But the general trend on Monday and Tuesday was it still might not be enough. 
did they use like FBI acronyms all over the arena? <laughs> like free Bryce in state. Like they, they, there should have been just signs all over the arena. They really pumped up Trey Young and not just like a one and done, but the marketing that can go into it, how they can get him ready. And yeah. maybe the thought of playing with Davion Harmon for one year, just clear those two really would enjoy being a one-two one combo. Uh, we'll see. I mean, he hasn't made his decision yet. They're still talking things over. But the general thought was oh, that the students had a better chance coming into the weekend than they do at this point. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, I am Kerry Murdoch. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys back here next week. Uh, as we head into the bye week, thank God we really need one. Uh, on this, on the next edition of the unofficial forty podcast from SoonerScoop.com.